Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. We have an exciting lineup for you today. We are going to be talking about how to keep a marriage exciting. Is it too early to talk about Christmas? And um, I'm going to plead my case why I think I need to buy a Grinch costume and an elf costume. And just wanted to give a quick shout out today to Patrick Mahomes because Joplin celebrated a birthday yesterday and so did Patrick. So we just wanted to say happy birthday to Patrick Mahomes. Greatness yeah. must be born on September 7th. It must be, yeah. So This was a gift from uh, Branson, good friend of ours. For those of you who don't know, Branson uh, yep. has served with us in ministry for more than 10 years now, getting ready to launch a church of his own, but he brought this by as a birthday gift. Limited edition High V Magic Crunch Patrick Mahomes That's right. edition. So Go Patrick. Happy birthday. Were you leaving this up for the show? No, we can take it down, but thought it was necessary for a minute. So okay. happy birthday, Patrick. Okay. Happy birthday, John. What? Is there a serious topic today? Did you say something serious? Marriage. We're going to talk about marriage. Okay. So, <laughs> so why right, don't let's you get started? Yeah, why don't yeah. you, you get us started here on um, how to keep marriage exciting? Exciting. I, I don't think I have a problem with it. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? I, that's a great intro because what you said there, you don't have a problem with it. This is true. We've been married for 20 years. We've had our ups and downs. We'll probably talk about a few of those, but. Um, it is true. We've been married for 20 years and it's still exciting today. I think it's better now than the, you know, the entire first five, seven years of our marriage, um, doesn't even compare to the type of joy and fun that we have 20 years in. And the truth is though, that's not the norm. There's a lot of people that can't say that. And, um, well, maybe we can discuss why and talk today about how to keep your marriage fresh, vibrant, and exciting. Um, So, man, I don't even know where to start on this topic. How about with you? Uh, You say, hey, our marriage is exciting, and uh, you don't have a problem with that. So tell us what you mean by that. I'll start here. All right. Um, I would have to say that, you know, everything's a process. In life, everything's a process. You grow, you learn, you develop, you do different things, and um, you learn what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, when we were first married, um, it was a lot of learning because we just, it was a new thing for us. Uh, We had never did it before. And so, um, like you said, it has become even funner and funner and funner as we've developed and we've grown and we've um, just learned more and more about each other. But um, it is a process. And when we first got married, it wasn't, I would say, near as fun as it is right now. And that yeah, um, we've just been able to to grow. And so if you're at a spot in your marriage where maybe you're you're fresh or you're in the middle and you're still figuring things out, I mean, we're still figuring things out too, but... Uh, just keep going, keep at it, keep trying things different ways because it, it'll think, get there. I think one of the keys to having an exciting marriage, a vibrant marriage, a successful marriage, um, it's less about marriage and more about life. And so if the husband or wife is really dissatisfied with life, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bleed into the marriage. It's going to impact their interactions with one another it's just going to impact the home. Mm -hmm. And um, what I found for us is that there's a balance of focusing on the marriage 
while understanding that really the way we treat each other, the type of joy that we live with, the atmosphere of the home has a lot more to do with what's going on inside and being right, being where we need to be and enjoying life and finding our purpose in life. It has a lot more to do with those things than some checklist of here's what a marriage should look like. You know, you go on a date at this time and this, yeah. you check off this many events that you do together a month. And um, I will say this, I've seen a lot of Christian self-help marriage books and they're all very, from my perspective, I want to be cautious um, and just say this is what's worked for us. But from my perspective, a lot of the books are just very plastic. You know, um, here's exactly how it's supposed to work. And you, know, you need to be praying together. And you need to go to church together. And you need to read the Bible together. And you need to, um, the husband needs to love the wife like Christ loved the church. And the wife needs to submit to the husband. And it's like, these things are true, but they're not really what make a marriage great. And I can say that because we do those things. Mm-hmm. We do those things, but those aren't the things that make our marriage great. Yeah. And I know a lot of Christians that are doing those things in their marriage isn't great. And so I really think it comes down to life. And one of the things that um, I have been fairly intentional about as a husband, and I'm going to maybe put out my perspective on it, then let you provide some feedback. But... I think it's important that men understand the role of what they are as men, who we are as men, and and the same with women. And a book that I would encourage a lot of uh, people to read, everyone to read for that matter, married or not, because it's not about marriage. It's about men and women. And that is the book Wild at Heart. It's a book about men and finding your, you know, your inner male that God created you to be. And uh, then Captivating, which um, is the female uh, version of that book. And in a nutshell, in a nutshell, uh, in a quick podcast here, you know, this huge topic of how you keep life exciting. In a nutshell, I think it's important that husbands, that men uh, are adventurous, that we never lose our sense of adventure. And that's one of the things we've constantly been doing. You look at our life and from planning a church when we're you know early 20s to all the missions that we've engaged in since that time, constantly, um, you know, I'm thinking about new ideas and trying to do new things and I'm, I'm, I'm fairly adventurous. And mm-hmm. Andrea's been very supportive of that. You know, I've seen a lot of wives that try to beat the adventure out of their husbands and then they wonder why their husband has no drive and he doesn't want to be romantic and he doesn't want to be, you know, loving. And mm-hmm. there's a part of us as men, God created us to be adventurous. I mean, he created uh, Adam and Eve and then tells them to subdue the earth, you know, go and control it. And there's a part of us we're meant to be conquerors. And so... Um, I think it's important that a man never loses his sense of adventure, which a lot of guys do. They get into the routine. They get up at the same time every day. They clock in at work. They come home. They're disengaged, watch TV, go to bed, and it's like this is life. And they know deep inside God created them for more. And so that's one aspect of it. Um, the, the other aspect is that... Uh, we were meant to be protectors, providers, rescuers, if you will, of our ladies. Mm-hmm. 
you look at, you know, almost every fairy tale, uh, every story that um, even literally impacted us as kids, right? You got the story of Cinderella. Yeah. And it's the Prince Charming coming in to rescue her. Mm-hmm. You got Rapunzel, who's up in the castle, right? And and, and Prince Charming again comes in to rescue her. And um, the list could go on and on and on. Almost every major theme of uh, these, you know, childhood stories is the same theme. Yeah. And there's a part of the female that wants a, a man to pursue her like that. And there's a part of the male that wants to be that way, right? We're pursuing our beauty and um, understanding that that's what I was created to do has helped me to embrace it and not be afraid of it. Be adventurous, pursue my wife and and rescue her, if you will, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final piece for, for men, we'll talk about ladies here in a second, but the final piece for men is that God created us to be warriors, and uh, there is this warrior spirit that's also in the heart of every man. You look at the movies that that um, have had the most significant views and uh, impact. Everybody knows it's stories like Braveheart, stories like um, uh, Gladiator, and uh, I could go on. But there are th- this can this. There is this consistent theme in the heart of men that deep inside we're conquerors. Mm -hmm. And God created us to fight injustice. And and there is a battle that we need to be fighting. And when I look at, we're talking about marriage here, Mm -hmm. right? We're talking about marriage. When I look at my life personally, I see those kind of consistent themes that there's always been a battle to fight. Yeah, There's always been something that I'm, trying to do this adventurous and I've had this understanding to be pursuing the woman in the castle you know and rescuing my bride and so I live with a sense of um, purpose that is a God-given purpose and that imp- it just I can't, it's hard to put into words what that does for our marriage I'm not needy I don't feel deflated and so I don't need Andrea to somehow fix that for me. You know, I'm not leaning on her to make me feel important. I've understood my purpose. Now, we're going to talk about the, the, the lady side of this here in a minute, but I want you to kind of respond to that from your perspective as a woman, hearing that coming from your husband, from a man. What's your thoughts on that, and what would you say to what I just said? Um. I think that from a lady's perspective, I know when we were very first married that a lot of what you said, um, I'm thankful we were new Christians. And so I probably overly tried to be supportive and submissive and just every little piece I could because it was all fresh to me and new and I didn't want to disappoint God and I didn't want to disappoint you and um, all those things. So I think that that really helped me in supporting you at a super, super young age um, and a super young into our marriage. Um, but even as time has went, like I have thought to myself that I wish that somebody could have shared some of those things with me. That's, you know what I mean? That's, that's who my husband is. That's what a man is. That's what, you know, God created him to be um, because it helps put some of those things into perspective. Why 
men are the way they are. And even my sons, I mean, they're not married, but you see the um, different things that God's instilled in them to want to be at battle, to want to, you know, brawl with each other and those sort of things. And so, be adventurous. Yes. Get they, up on the roof. Yeah. I mean, there's things yeah, they want to do that go, our daughters did. Yes. Because God created them different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of those things um, I, I didn't understand until much later in life, but I was thankful when I did because it just kind of put everything into perspective and it helped me to just um, better know my role as a wife. And so my um, advice to ladies would be is, you know, if you're at a spot in your marriage where you don't understand something, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask for advice from somebody who's been there or um, get counsel from somebody who who has good wisdom because uh, it just all those little details help our marriage just get that much better because we understand each other. Um. I'm going to move now to the topic of kind of looking at this on keeping life exciting um, from, you know, the, the design for God's uh, daughters. Mm-hmm. I want to say one, one other thing that about this, you know, big picture of men, uh, it's an analogy that stuck with me. And I, I wish I could tell you whether it was in the Wild at Heart book or somewhere else that I read it. I'm not 100% certain, but... It was a story about a man whose favorite thing to do at the zoo was go to the lions. And he stated that um, every time he would go, this you know, he would see this lion and it was so huge and majestic and powerful. And just once he wanted it to look him in the eyes so that this lion could see the fear in his eyes. And he just wanted to see what that would do to the lion mm-hmm. to you know, see the sense of power in this lion. And he said of all the times he ever went, he could never get it done. And the lion constantly walked around with his head down as if it was not what it really was. And this was a simple statement that was made stuck with me. I guess even if you put a lion in a cage long enough, it'll forget what it is. Mm -hmm. I've never forgot that. That's what we've done to men. We've told our boys, don't play with guns. You know, don't wrestle. Don't be aggressive. Don't climb up the tree. Don't do that. Don't be a boy. Don't be a boy. Don't be a boy. Don't be a boy. And then we wonder. They grow up into manhood. They're not embracing what they were created to be. And it's like, on one hand, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, you know, ladies want a lion in the home, but they don't allow him to live like one. Yeah. And if you want your husband... Men, if you want to have that inner lion that God created you to be adventurous and courageous, you got to be willing to embrace it. You got to go after it. You got to live it. And um, I think that that same principle applies to a lot of men today. Uh, They've been caged up so long that they have forgot what they are. And so uh, you want a healthy marriage, something that's exciting and vibrant. That's why I said it has a lot less to do with the checklist, right? Of, you know, Mm Go, go to a date once a week on a Friday night at 7 p.m. Read this devotion together. Those things don't stir the heart of men mm-hmm. or women, for that matter. Um, we've got to embrace who we're called to be. So let's talk about this a little bit from the uh, female perspective. Um, I'm going to lead in with a few things that I've learned over the course of our marriage. I'm certainly no expert at this. But a um, couple of things that I think are really important is understanding that, uh, and, and you'll find this, these concepts as well in the book Captivating, that 
a woman, generally speaking, God has created women with a handful of specific needs, just like men. And I'll tell you, one of the things that was most important to me, uh, and it took me a long time to learn it, was that there's this desire for adventure with women as well. Mm -hmm. And they want to be part of the adventure. They don't just want to be on the sideline clapping for their husbands saying, yay, go you. They want to be part of the adventure. They want to know what is their role in this. They mm -hmm. embrace danger as well. They don't necessarily want to be leading it. They don't want to be out in front of the battle, but they want to be part of the battle. And it took me a little while to learn that and understand that as a husband, I needed to help my wife find her role in these battles that we face and, you know, building our church and the missions that we do. And yeah. but I, I didn't, you know, her role wasn't to just stay at home and um, take care of the house and take care of the kids. It's so much bigger than that is to be right along beside me on the battlefield doing what we do. And that was a really important part of the puzzle that I had to understand that not only would it help in our marriage, more importantly, it, it would help her embrace this part of her that God has designed her to be and uh, in the end impact the kingdom in, in a significant way. So that's just one aspect. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I I agree with that. I Again, it's helpful sometimes because I think sometimes when we are young in marriage and even as we get older, we don't know what we are, or what we want. Um, we just know something's missing. And so um, if you haven't read these books and you're struggling with some of these things that, you know, we've talked about, I would really encourage you to get the two different books. And um, maybe you could even put the names at the bottom here in a second sure. of, of the screen. But um, it was really helpful because it helped um, me to even define the things that I did kind of lack in my life. And and um, it is important for the lady to have a role and to have some ownership in something and feel like, you know, I am a part of this and that I am not just under, but I'm by your side and that we're walking through this together. And um, it, it is good. And then it also helped me too, as a woman, to read the perspective of a man because honestly, I do want somebody to rescue me. I do want somebody to, you know, essentially sweep you off your feet. But even having said that, you know, you go through struggles in marriage or different seasons and you don't understand why your spouse is acting the way they are or why they're doing what they do. Um, but it just helps you to relate to those things and see there is a purpose, really, that just trying to come out in a different way. Um, and it, it helps. It helps work through the... Yeah. It helps work through the problems. It helps work through the different steps. And um, it isn't just a buy the book. Let's go on a date every Friday. Let's do this. I do think those things help if you're at a really terrible spot and you just don't know how to move forward. Um, you know, putting some of those things into place for a little while will help you get the process going. But there's so much more to it than just that. You've got to be active in all the other areas. The um, something else about keeping marriage exciting and, and uh, the fire burning bright uh, from a female perspective is that um, ladies have a desire to be beautiful and to be pursued to, uh, in the words of um, the book Captivating, to unveil beauty. And Man, we are certainly living in this culture where um, all sorts of sexual perversion 
have totally eliminated the pursuing and unfailing, earning the woman in the castle, if you will, so that at the right time and the right place, i.e. marriage. Yes. And then even after marriage, still this pursuing of her and earning that right for her to unveil beauty. And it's not, uh, you know, certainly ladies want to be uh, physically beautiful, but more importantly, uh, and of equal need to be pursued, is that inner beauty in the woman that needs to be appreciated, recognized, and honored, and cherished, and desired. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is part of our role as husbands is pursuing that and letting our wives know how they're beautiful to us, why they're beautiful to us. And when I say that, I mean far beyond just, you know, what you see with your eyes, but um, beauty in its wholeness. Uh, There is a part of every woman that desires that her beauty is recognized Mm -hmm. and desired. And men, we've got a responsibility to recognize that this is a God-given need placed in our wives. And really, in all in all women and girls, and all together, um, you know, you talked about the boys a little bit, but our girls desired that too. They still desire that. They want to know that their dad thinks that they're beautiful and that, yeah. you know, they have beauty. And um, I have watched with different scenarios where um, the girl doesn't have maybe a father figure at home, or maybe she's put in a difficult situation at a young age and she starts finding her beauty and all these other avenues that we see and the ones that really have been invested to um, invested in in the homes you know you see a a little bit of a difference in them because they're getting what god designed them to have at a young age from the person who should be giving it to them at that age which is their dad um and so that makes a difference too I've, i've watched our daughters over the years they'll see me um just really loving on their mom um admiring her admonishing her and um speaking highly of her to her in front of our kids. And there's been times that, you know, I'll say that she's beautiful or something and and the daughters will chime in like, what about me, dad? Am I pretty too? And there's this instinct. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, God's placed it in every woman. There's this instinct to want to be noticed and to be appreciated and to be desired. And men, we've got a responsibility to be meeting that need. And I cautiously say this i want to try to keep this as positive as a segment as possible but if you don't somebody else will i mean it's a god-given need and if your wife is not being pursued and appreciated and loved and cherished by you her heart is going to be longing for that she's going to be susceptible somebody at work somebody on the internet whatever it might be just and it normally starts with fairly meaningless comments it's just a Mm -hmm. it's just a uh, compliment like hey you look great and she's thinking man my husband hasn't told me that in six months and it just makes her feel good Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you know this this birth to bad desire comes because she's going after something that she's just hasn't been getting and so i think it's really important and the same could be said vice versa but it's really important we recognize the needs the way that God created husbands and wives differently and that we are committed to meeting those needs for one another. Yeah. And um, it's fun. It's exciting. It's a good thing. So let me also say that it hasn't, you know, Andrea and I have been married 20 years. It's not like it's always been good. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like we've always did things exact like we're talking about now. Um, there's been hard times, and I think that it's during those hard times you have to be committed to the ideal of marriage and believe God's word with what he says about marriage. Yeah. It's not all fun and games. It's not always easy. Life is hard. And um, we come up against circumstances that we couldn't anticipate. Sometimes it's the loss of a job, which can really impact a man in a huge way, his jobs to be providing and you know caring for the family. A lot of times an unforeseen tragedy of something of that sort can really cause um, whoever it's impacting the most to kind of back away. And it's during those times that we just have to love on one another, continue to be committed to one another, uh, it's not always, you know, beautiful and fun, mm-hmm. but I will tell you this. You stay committed to these principles we're talking about, the good times far outweigh the bad. And, man, we're, we're, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage this year. It is awesome. I can't wait to see what the next 20 are going to be like. Uh, life is good, and I, you know what? God created it to be good. When we do it God's way, when we embrace God's design, when we follow God's um, plan for us, for the marriage, for men, for women. It really is an exciting and vibrant life. It's the best life on the planet. And um, man, I just, I wish others, um, I wish so many others in our country, uh, really in the world for that matter, would see how beautiful their marriage can be if they'll do these things and put them into practice. So, yeah. You got any other thoughts today on keeping marriage vibrant? Well, exciting. You say vibrant and exciting, and so um, some of the ways that I like to keep it vibrant and exciting would be like we're listening to a song while you're working, and I just decide I'm going to have like a dance party. Yeah, yeah, and Jonathan's we dance. like, okay, yeah, and so he does. He accommodates me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. Of yeah. course, yeah. yeah, you got to. I know. Yeah. Be crazy not to. I don't want no one else dancing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that's good. That's if you're going to dance and you need a partner, yeah. it's going to be me. Yeah, well, there we go. Well, that's good. Good stuff. You just said vibrant and exciting, and it yes. made, me, made me think because I'm always trying to get him to have a dance party with me. All yeah. right, so. Next up. Next up. What are we talking about next? Is it too early to talk about Christmas? Yes, it is. So what's next? Um, no, it's not. We actually went to Lowe's. They have all their Christmas stuff out. The lights, the trees, the... It's just... Crazy. Amazing, actually. No, you know what? I just look at it and it, like, lights me up inside. And I'm just really excited. And so... Lights my pocketbook on fire is what it does for me. No. It does. You just almost bought a $50 uh, dog that has lights inside of it. For Christmas. Today is September 18th. Yeah, but you said yes. I did, but that's, see, but mm. this goes to, gentlemen. But I actually didn't. Marriage nope. vibrant. I didn't even ask, to. actually. Yes. I didn't even ask. All he just saw that I really wanted it, and now like, I did too. Bingo. And so he's like, you can get it. But you know why I didn't? Because it was your birthday. And yeah. I was like, mm, that's a bad, a bad thing for me to get a present on your birthday. And so I didn't. You know but why, I really you know why I did want to. You want to know why I didn't? Because it's September. That's why. No. It, it is, is September. It is forever but it's before mid, Christmas. It's like mid-endish of September. And so... 
mid-endish. Yeah, it's, it's never too late. It's September. That's not the mid-endish of September. You can September. always put Christmas stuff also, up. Also, newsflash, we have Halloween yet, even though we don't really celebrate it much. It's still a holiday that has to happen first. Then, a month later, we have Thanksgiving. Yeah, but Thanksgiving yes. doesn't count because it doesn't have decorations. What? You've no. got pumpkins? Yeah, you leave scarecrows. That's just fall. Orange. That's just fall. That's Thanksgiving. No, I really wish I turkeys. And then, and then, like five weeks after that is Christmas. It doesn't matter. It's like 109 days of celebrating amazing lights. 109 days. I go to garage sales sometimes, and people have brand new boxes of lights in their garage sales. And they're like, eh, my husband said no. And I'm like, picking them up. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm taking them to my house. Yeah, she's like bringing them up. They're all tangled. And I'm like, no. No, no, no. These are and in boxes. They're she's brand new. she's like, uh, oh, I thought you were adventurous. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> they're all brand new in boxes. There's like six boxes of them sitting out there. Yeah. They're not tangled or anything. They're just mm. waiting to go up on the house. Although, who puts up the decorations and the lights? Normally you. I do it all. So, see, you don't even have to lift a finger. This, sometimes I do. It's not always. What? When did you lift a finger last on Christmas? Well, I mean, it's been a couple years. Okay, see? It's been a couple years, but that's because uh-huh. you want the stuff up, like, as soon as Halloween's over, and I'm just last like, let's year. just wait for a little bit, and before I know it, boom, the whole house is looking like Christmas. And we Last year, it worked out to my advantage because he and Tyron were in the Philippines for yeah. two weeks. And so while they were gone... First of November. The mm. first of November is when we're in the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. And he and came home. And we come back and it's Christmas time at the Amberson It house. is. And we had already went and taken pictures and like, it was so great. I loved it. So See, is it too early to be talking about Christmas? The answer is technically no. Is it too early uh, or, or should we be talking about Christmas this early? Now, that answer is definitely yes. We, we, we shouldn't. Sh- no, we shouldn't. We should not mm-hmm. be talking about Christmas this early. This well, I think we should. I mean, we're planting grass outside right now. Well, we are now. paying grass. We're, we're planting grass. But some people don't even get grass. Like, some people don't even ever get snow or cold weather, and it's still Christmas there. Mm. Like wow. Florida and the Bahamas. Great point. Uh-huh. That. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Okay, on to other news. Okay, what else are we wanting to do? Oh, that's kind of Christmassy, too. Okay. Isn't this cute? Look, I bought this. What is this? It's an elf. It's a Christmas elf, and he lights up. When did you get this? This is the first time I've seen this. Got it last week. (laughs) Okay. It's so cute, though. Okay, so... I got to go to Mexico last Christmas, and I had my picture taken with the Grinch... And it was, like, so fun. It, she was cool. It was a girl. And she was just, like, all bebopping with her little Grinch suit all over the middle of their square, having a great time taking pictures with people. Did you say bebopping? Yeah, because she had a boombox, so it was kind of bebopping. She was, like, okay, just jamming out. And I thought Santa it was... Santa sounds kind of contradictory. So... A bebopping Grinch. Yeah, it does. But it was the best. Like... I liked it. So I was thinking that it would be so cool to have my own Grinch costume so that I could do that myself. And I have a couple friends that would get costumes as well. And we could just like 
go around where and then spread Christmas idea. cheer. Why? Why? First of all, the Grinch does not spread Christmas cheer. Oh well. Number two. I also want to get an elf costume, so I would actually just alternate the two. At the end, his heart grows. Okay. So we Listen, were all left with the ending where full, his heart grew. Is it a full Grinch suit? Like, do, can people see your face? Does it have a head over it? You know what I mean? Is it like a full Well, sided? there's two, but I want my face to be seen. I just have to find a good makeup artist that could actually do the makeup. I don't know. I'd rather have a full one where people didn't know it was my wife. Oh. Mm. But the picture with the one, I'm going to show you the one with the lady that was like bebopping. She's cool. <laughs> okay, so you want a Grinch outfit? Yeah, I can't, it's sixty dollars. Uh, mm. So, in the last twenty-four hours here in September, my wife has now asked for a dog that lights up a Christmas that, dog, a Christmas dog, yeah, to put on our front porch. And technically, I didn't ask for the dog; you and just offered to get the dog. So, if we sell a Grinch costume, you might Malachi offer to get came it. Came over to me and said, "Dad, come look at this thing. Mom told you to come over here because she wants it." Well, I didn't say that, but that was good on his part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, and then now she wants a Grinch costume. What else? And an elf costume. I have like a skirt and a top, but it's not like a full-fledged outfit. And I just think the outfit would be better. And it was only like $40, so it's a lot more reasonable. It just doesn't sound like a smart... I mean, just... How about if I don't spend any of your money? I what? I just use money that I have saved to the side. Look, I think that our listeners should... You want them to take a vote? Um, vote and chime in. Let me tell you what. Okay. I'm just thinking, what kind of kids? We got three teenagers. What kind of children want their parents, their mom, going around in a Grinch costume and an elf costume, you know, back and forth during the Christmas season and knowing you, you're going to start like a hundred days out. So like a third of the year, their mom's randomly showing up at places in Grinch outfit, in in a elf. I just, I'm worried about the mental health oh. of our children. Fine. I'll just do it in places where we don't know people. You are going to wear it to places we don't know people, like random, like Walmart? No. Like... Like, hey, we're going like to the DMV. We go to the, you know, go get our tags or something. Going to random places where we know I for just sure. Want one. You, just, you just want to wear it, huh? Bad, huh? Yeah. I'm not asking you to get one. Okay, if you get one, are you going to wear it on the show? Of course. Oh. Okay. Um. Here's the deal. We need. How many? Just 10? You're going to let me choose? How many people need to verify that this is a good idea for Andrew to get a full-fledged Grinch and Elf costume? How many people do we need to really legitimately... um, How many do you think? Because in my mind, I'm already sold. (laughs) (laughs) How about 10 listeners... In the first 24 hours that the podcast is released. Okay. Okay. Not 10 total, but I'm talking the first 24 hours. Day one, we got to have 10 people. 
Ten. That either shoot us an email that are listening on our podcast or comment. We will make on sure Facebook and have these things YouTube. listed below on where you can cast your vote. Yeah. 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 So. Um, oh my gosh, this is so great! And if you have a family function or a party and you need the Grinch to come, guess who's gonna have one? Me. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Can I can I change my rule real quick? Your what? My rule, like the the deal, the the contest here. Now I can't go places. No, no, no. Oh. I mean on the voting. Oh, I don't know. Here's what I'm thinking: you have to have ten more yes votes than no votes. Okay. Not just ten yes votes. Total, I think I'm gonna have like no problem. You've got to have ten more yes votes than no votes. Okay. Okay. In 24 hours. Okay. If you can pull that off. I can pull that off. we can get you some costumes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So, her so, idea of being adventurous, folks, is very different than mine, but uh, that's okay. we got to embrace the inner uh, elf. Yeah. Inner okay. elf. All right. Um, one final thing. Are we done? Yeah, we're okay. done. Hey, one final thing I want to share with everybody is our Bible Land Exploration, March 7th through the 16th of 2022. So uh, we're looking to go to Israel, and we would love you to travel with us. Andrea and I both are planning on going to the Holy Land. And it's going to be a first time for us, but we are hoping to take a completely closed tour, have enough people to travel with us. It'll be our group, not traveling with any other group. Um, and you can find all the details about this event on our website, joplinandandrea.com. Uh, write us if you've got any questions that are not answered there at the website, but you'll find about everything you want to know, where we're going, the itinerary, the cost, all those things. And with it, it seems like a long ways off. Uh, spring of 2022. Really, that's about a year and a half off. Mm-hmm. And if you plan on going, you really need to get on the list, get your deposit in, let us know you plan on going. It's been an odd time with COVID. We were actually planning on going in spring year. of 2021. COVID shut that down. And if you are interested in joining us in Israel, now's the time to start thinking about it. And uh, quite honestly, it's a big trip. I think we're gone uh, from the 7th through the 16th. I mean, that is 11 days. You're talking a week and a half of work. You're talking it's a complete guided tour, so it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. But we, it's a yeah. huge, huge event, um, and everything is covered. All your food, all your travel, all your lodging. Um, but it's a expensive enough trip that really, if you're going to go, most people, if you're like us, uh, you need to start planning it now and start um getting some of it paid down now instead of waiting until the last minute to try to um, pay it all off and just go. So yeah, uh, wanted to get that out there. We'll probably talk a little bit more about it here every couple weeks or something, but we would love to have you join us in the spring of 2022 when we visit the Holy Land. Yes. And in case you're wondering, I will not be wearing a costume there. No. 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 Nope. There, <laughs> just Christmas. There are certain lines that uh, shall not be crossed. <laughs> and uh, being all Christmassy, in Jerusalem, Israel, but, during any period of time, period, but especially the spring, not going to happen. We would yeah. stick out. Like, if it was hey, Christmas, maybe, but it's not, so we don't have to worry. Yeah, they don't celebrate Christmas there. Um, the baby was born there. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell them when we get there. Okay. Hey, guys, we love you. Yes, have a good weekend. <laughs>